All right, let me tell you about Hustler Turf. I will tell you, if you are looking for a lawnmower, there is nothing better than a Hustler Turf. And I want you to go and look at other brands. I want you to go to, you know, Home Depot or wherever you're going to look at lawnmowers. I want you to test drive them. But do yourself a favor. Find a Hustler Turf uh, dealer near you and test drive that as well. And A-B compare the price and the quality. You will find nothing compares to Hustler Turf. So if you want to cut your time mowing the lawn down to about half of the time, Hustler Turf and their zero-turn lawnmowers are the best in the industry. It's HustlerTurf.com. Go find a dealership near you at HustlerTurf.com. 15 seconds. What a show we have for you today. Stand by. America. Our great vice president was on Good Morning America today, and she said, you people have to just stop with this lie that somebody's coming for your guns. We're not coming for your guns. Uh Uh-huh. The details on that and so much more begin in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. You know, it's bad enough lockdowns have negatively affected so many people over the last year. Uh, Many of our fellow Americans at the point of joblessness or at joblessness. Uh, The only thing is worse is insult on the injury. And that is when cyber criminals take advantage of situations like this where they are alerting some people. You'll get an email say, hey, I just want to give you some information. Uh, You know, you you are um, eligible for these benefits. uh, And if I get some information, I'm going to transfer those funds right directly into your account. Don't do it. It's important to understand cybercrime. They play every trick in the book and you you're going to spot some of them but you may miss some others my my uh, my father-in-law just had somebody call in fact my son-in-law did the same thing uh it's not an age thing it's just how good they are calling up some scammers calling up and it said apple on the id and they said we're calling from apple and we're, we've got a problem and we just want to make sure that you're safe and give us just this information. They both surrendered the information, and it turned out scammers. Now, if you get hit by a scam, how do you clean it up? LifeLock Identity Theft Protection has, they have a whole team that will be dedicated to cleaning things up if there is any kind of problem, and they will see the things that you might miss on your own. Nobody can stop everything. But LifeLock is the best. It's LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK, and you're going to get 25% off your first year. 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 25% now. LifeLock.com.
From the New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro, and this is The Daily. Today, just two days after the horrific shooting, the rampage in Denver, Colorado, information is slowly coming out that the shooter, Ahmed Alissi, was a member of a white supremacy group called the Be Against Everything That's Not White, Even Eggshell Paint Militia. How did he get roped in to this? Today, our reporter has the full story. A man who works as the chief investigator at the Southern Poverty Law Center, Che Escobar. Next, on The Daily, it's March 24th. Actually, it's uh, Chief Inquisitor. It's, uh, I'm sorry. Not chief, you said Chief Investigator. Mm. Um, it's Chief Inquisitor. Interesting. So, Jay, the information that is coming out, uh, it shows that uh, Ahmed had postings on his Facebook page about Islam, prayers, religious holidays. He also shared another person's thought the day after the mosque massacres in Christchurch, New Zealand, that killed 51 people. He said Muslims at Christchurch Mosque were not victims of a single shooter, but instead they were victims of the entire Islamophobia industry that vilified them. Well, Michael, we, we don't have confirmation that those... Facebook posts are authentic at this time. And it's important to note that if they were authentic, they would be authentically placed there by the Proud Boys. This much we do know, uh, and investigators will will get to the bottom of that and release the details of it, uh, or of course, they will no longer hold their jobs. Fascinating. So when he posted the Muslims at Christchurch Mosque were not the victims of a single shooter, and he went on to say, if racist Islamophobic people would stop hacking my phone and let me have a normal life, I probably could. That, you believe, is coming from the Proud Boys. Well, Michael. Yes. Yes, that's what we believe. Hmm. Fascinating. There's also stories coming out in the press that his mental health was also called into question. Uh, the suspect's 34-year-old brother uh, recently said his brother was very antisocial, paranoid, and adding that sometimes he would claim he was being chased. Someone's behind him. Someone's looking for him. Well, Michael. He, he, yes. Yes, we, we, we agree with that analysis. And of course, investigators are looking at the causes of, of this mental illness. And we, so there is a possibility yeah, that he I is... I was in the middle of speaking. Mm. I, I don't know why you would interrupt me in the middle of speaking to restate the point I was currently making. I, it's, it's impossible to understand your patterns of speech. When he was having lunch with his sister in a restaurant... His sister said that 
he said that people were in the parking lot and they were looking for him. Uh, we didn't know what was going on in his head. That's according to his sister, who said this was not a political statement. It's a mental illness. Well, Michael. Donald Trump. Mm. Donald Trump was president at the time that this occurred, or recently before when it occurred. And we know Donald Trump's Islamophobia caused this incident. We know that. We know it with certainty. Donald Trump did this. Donald Trump is guilty. But investigators are looking into to confirm that uh, at this time. Let me... Let me ask something else that you know to be true. Um, I just want to throw in white hate groups. Can I just say that quickly? Of course. He did post that uh, Trump is such a male body part. uh, And he also did go in and say uh, Donald Trump just inherited a growing economy and the unemployment rate was low and the economy was on an upward spiral and he won because of racism. This goes back to January 6th. There was an insurrection at our capital. White people did white things at this white building. This caused these shootings. This was a militia. These people, white people, are guilty. Are you, are you playing more than words? I don't, Just one of our producer's favorite songs. There is an affidavit uh, obtained by the... Hold on, I don't understand why we pay more than words in the middle of this segment. That does not, it does not make any sense. I mean, I did, I think did, you know what we're saying. Did someone here. hit the wrong button? What, what happened? Can we move to uh, Elon Omar, one of the greatest uh, congressmen ever? to be in Congress, or for that matter, even in Parliament. Um, But she came out and said she doesn't understand, and I'd have to agree with her, why this man's race now, knowing that he's from Syria, plays a role in any of this story. Well, a lot of this comes down to if this person, this Ahmad, is guilty of of this crime and we don't know that yet it could easily be the proud boys um but this could be connected to january 6 directly maybe people tried to reinvade the capital but went to the wrong place they're looking into that how how did he become involved in such a notorious and well-known militia group as the be against everything uh that's not white even eggshell paint militia a lot of that had to do with his white privilege. Coming directly from Syria, Michael, he came to the United States with so much privilege, so much whiteness, so white. The whiteness is what really stands out, and that's why he was, of course, at the Capitol building, we believe. Uh, we, without he evidence. was at the Capitol building yes, on January 6th. Yes, we believe he, he was one of the leaders. Uh, uh, of the of the actual riot uh, there, and yet and a the, victim. Well, he, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a victim, and he and he led the riots. Uh, <laughs> but that's only because Donald Trump made him lead the riots. And he was in a militia group 
an, an all-white militia group, even though he was Syrian? Well, he had identified as white, Syrian, and and an Asian woman. And as we know, there's a wave of Asian violence going on right now at the hands but of Donald the, Trump. But not. But if he was identifying as an Asian woman, wouldn't he have been the victim of this horrible, horrific shooting? Can you play more than words again? <laughs> more in a minute. So uh, let me tell you about uh, relief factor. Dan lives in New York. Oh, can you imagine the pain Dan is in every day just living in New York? No, oh, Andrew Cuomo's great. Uh, for the past decade or so, he's been a semi-professional bodybuilder. Me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. Really? Hashtag you are doing that too? too. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I've been building this body uh, for a long time. During COVID, I really built it up. I did too. Mm-hmm. I yep. did too. By adding adding yeah. mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, he's my kind of guy. You know, we're both bodybuilders. Uh, for quite a while, Dan was experiencing a lot of uh, shoulder pain. Me too. Me too. Because when I'm lifting up things like burgers, mm. do you get this? Mm-hmm. The shoulders just eventually. Yeah, they pop. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Anyway, got so bad at one point that uh, his doctor was seriously considering a shoulder replacement. Well, Dan did one thing. He, he did one thing right. I mean, yes, he lives in New York, but not all people that live in New York are crazy or dead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or corrupt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he heard me talking on the radio about relief factor, and he wasn't particularly interested. All that stuff I was saying sounded like bullcrap to him. Boy, I don't I know it. At some point, he had a change of heart, deciding I don't have anything to lose You know, if I just try it. He ordered the trial pack for three weeks. This is all I ask you to do. Yes, it is $20, but they don't make money on the $20. This company doesn't make money on that. So they're sending you the trial pack. They know, and I know, that if you're part of that 70% that this does work for, that's when they start making money. Because you, like me, you just take it every day. So just try it. Just try it. Because it works for 70% of the people who try to go on to order more. It's not a drug. Just try it for three weeks. You'll know. Nineteen ninety-five. Right now, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com, or call 800-583-84. It's relieffactor.com. Ten seconds. Station ID. You know, it's interesting. To me is um, the FBI apparently knew about this guy. Uh, He has ties to another person under investigation. Uh, And uh, the New York Times did report that the suspect's identity was previously known to the FBI because he was linked to another individual under investigation by the Bureau. There's some other things that are coming out and we are confirming and I'm not going to talk about them until we have them confirmed. But there may be something else that is going on. Uh, But I don't think anybody's really looking uh, for any of that. Um, Strange. As soon as as soon as it looks like there's something other than white racism, they're not interested 
in this story and they pivot immediately to gun control uh gun control that conversation was coming if this was a crazy white man that conversation was coming but only after the demonization and the ties to january 6th and donald trump and republicans and everything else once they lost this narrative they switched immediately to gun control we have some uh we have uh, some important stuff to report to you not only today and about an hour from now I want you to listen carefully because there are some things going on in America that you can actually involve yourself in uh, that I think you're going to want to. And you're going to want to be involved at the state level. Uh, It is going to be up to the states to stand against any kind of controls that are coming from the federal government. Uh, Do we have uh, Kamala Harris? This is this is Kamala Harris today on CBS. And I believe that it is possible, it has to be possible, that people agree that these slaughters have to stop. And this is, again... We do agree with that. Do you agree with that? They should stop. They should stop. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with that. Is there another side to this argument? Uh, Not that I know of. Not Mm -hmm. that I know of. But I think they believe there is. Mm -hmm. And that is, everybody who disagrees with their solution wants these slaughters to continue okay the rest reject the false choice and stop pushing it for sure stop pushing the false choice Mm -hmm. that this means everybody's trying to come after your guns that is not what we're talking about yes it is 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 beto was the only one that had the balls to say it yeah i am coming for your gun If you don't think they're coming for your gun, why is it that they are going after with the financial industry? Why are they going after gun manufacturers? Why are they going after gun stores and cutting off financial uh, institutional access to them? Why are they doing that? Why, if they're not coming for your guns, why is it they want to raise the taxes on bullets to make bullets almost impossible to buy? This is not about assault weapons. And the lie about assault weapons is, you notice that they were describing his gun as a black AR-15. Why you have to bring black into it is beyond me, you racists. The only difference between that gun and a regular hunting rifle is it looks scary. That's it. That is it. It was debuted in the 1950s, this is not something new. That gun was, was uh, put on the market on the public, for the public, uh, not the military. It's not a gun, a weapon of war. It was a gun that was put out, and it was called a modern sporting rifle. That's what it was called in the 1950s. In the 1960s, when we went to Vietnam, the, the uh, uh, Pentagon does what they always do. They go out and look for the most dependable gun, the one that will work the best in war. They said, we'd like you to make these guns for the military. They did. Just like the uh, 9-11, the pistol was the military gun. Nobody says that's a weapon of war. Well, actually, they do now, but it's, it's a 1911 What are you talking about? It's a handgun. Weapon of war. 
They want you to believe because most people, unlike this audience, don't have any idea what a gun actually is or how they work. They've most likely never fired one. They, I can guarantee you they didn't grow up like many of us grew up in the West. This country, I understand if you live in New York City, you look at guns and they're scary to you. But in the West, outside of the new progressive cities like Denver, that is, they are not feared. They are a part of your life. Ten people were killed in this horrific shooting. A police officer was killed. Why? He was firing back. What would have happened if he would have fired and killed that guy? We wouldn't have had 10 dead. What, what would have happened if one or two of the people in the supermarket had a pistol and knew exactly what they were doing with it and they were armed? I can tell you that I, I am the biggest wimp in the world. But if I was in the supermarket and I had my gun, which I carry all the time, if I had my gun and I was in the supermarket, the biggest wimp in the world would have tried to stop the shooter. And gosh, I'm a responsible human being. I'm a good, accurate shot. I know also to look behind the, the uh, target to make sure I'm not going to accidentally shoot someone behind. People, they, they are pushing this thing now. The New York Times was pushing on the daily today the 30 years of Joe Biden and his record on gun control and how great the, uh, the gun control for automatic weapons was and assault rifles back in the 90s. It didn't work, and we have the evidence, and we go over it tonight live at 9 p.m. Eastern. We had another show planned, but we're scrapping that one because it's really important. You know the truth about what is coming and what to do about it. You don't want to miss it tonight. BlazeTV.com. Join us. Become a member. This is the Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Yeah, I, I like to be ahead of the curve, and sometimes uh, Roger Ailes used to say, yeah, you're leading the parade, Glenn, but you're three blocks ahead of the rest of the parade. You're going to understand this very soon. Your wheelbarrow is not full uh, as full of cash as it needs to be to buy that. Inflation is in our economy now, and it's evident in some areas. Gasoline, microchips. They've got shortages, but shortages also produce higher prices. We also have money being pumped into the system, which will also raise prices. You're seeing the biggest inflation is in the stock market. It's bogus. Now you need to save more money because you're going to need it for your wheelbarrow when you go to buy a loaf of bread. Save everything that you can. Go to American Financing. Refinance your home. Get a low interest rate. Or do a consolidation loan and get out of all of those high-interest credit cards. Get out of them now. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net.
And take a minute today to follow us on Instagram at Glenn Beck at Stu Does America. Wonderful pictures for you. <laughs> Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. It is Wednesday. Don't forget tonight, a very important uh, Glenn Beck Wednesday night special on Blaze TV. Uh, it is all about gun control and what is coming your way and how to fight it, how to stand for our Constitution. Welcome to Mr. Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed. Also wants to talk a little bit about mm. constitutional rights. Yeah, I'm wondering. Well, first, let me tell you, there, in Illinois, in Chicago, Illinois, um, police have arrested and charged men with a hate crime mm-hmm. after he allegedly made a Nazi salute. And shouted a white supremacist slogan at a family with black children. So a woman came out with three of her kids, two of whom were black. This guy does, he beats his chest and then does what looks like a Nazi salute. And then he shouts, white power. Several times. So now, why are you, are you a member of the Nazi party? (laughs) Why are you defending this uh, Nazi? And nobody wants to defend (laughs) a guy who's doing Nazi salutes because it's moronic and stupid. Unless you yourself are a closeted Nazi. No, I am not. So, uh, do you believe that? Oh, absolutely uh, not. Can we call <laughs> the Southern not. Poverty Law Center again and find out? Get me on the terrorist watch list. That yeah. would be kind of yeah. fun. Right. Uh, but since when is it an arrestable offense in the United States of America to yell something at someone? Well, if you don't want it to make it a, an arrestable offense, then you have to come up with some sort of clause in a document that would protect <laughs> speech that's free, even if it's offensive. Uh, and yeah. we're not going to come up with that. No. And we're well, not going to well, do that in this country. I think what we have here is a document that protects free speech as long as everybody likes it. Yes, that's what it's about. I mean, yeah. You know, it's you've a, got it because that's the speech that you really do have to protect is the speech that everybody that likes. Everybody like, likes. Hey, you guys look like a wonderful family. Right. That speech that is protected. Speech is protected. Yeah, it protects free affable speech. That's exactly. what they, that's what the clause it's is. It's the affable clause. Yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is top really? of the morning to you. <laughs> Thank you. You're free to that, say that, it. You're free to say free that. Free to say that. Cuz they're saying this whole thing about, you know, anti-Asian violence. And hate crimes is, mm-hmm. is on the rise. Uh, now, again, there's all sorts of conflicting evidence and there's no real solid evidence for this at all. But when they do go to cite this, a lot of the things they talk about are this type of thing where someone walks by an Asian person and says, hey, you caused the coronavirus. Now, first of all, you're an idiot. Yeah. If you say that you're a moron, uh, you're right. a moron and you're you know a, a very you're not a very affable person. No. Okay. So you're not covered by the affable, the affable clause, yes, right? right? Exactly. However, I was under the impression that just being a jerk was pretty much I mean, unless it goes to the level of harassment, right? There are some there are some lines to this. Yeah, as there if is you're with surrounding all of these somebody. Yeah. If you're surrounding somebody and giving the Nazi salute and going white power, white power, white power, now it's intimidation. Now you could be afraid for your life. Sure. Or you follow them home and yell it the whole way. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But somebody who's a jerk. I mean, you should hear the things that people shout at me. (laughs) They call you Nazi all the time. (laughs) They are like, it's it's, uh, not good. A lot of people would be in jail Mm -hmm. if my side were in charge and my side was authoritarian. I mean, this is like 80% of all content mm. on Twitter is about at this. 
at this yeah, level of right. uh, avoiding affability. Uh, and I don't think that, that the site could exist if this was an actual standard. Well, let me make this argument. January 6th. No. Oh. All so right. That changes everything. Oh, man. That changes mm-hmm. the entire Constitution. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. don't realize and that. And what about the plan to continue January 6th into March 24th? Uh, there's a plan. A huge plan. That continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you right. know, there was that plan threats. that continued, what was it, March 3rd? Yes, I thank think. you. That and then March 20th March was, 3rd and 4th. was yeah. going to be Donald Trump's mm-hmm. re-inauguration day. That's right. And That's they were right. going to invade That's on right. March 20th. That didn't happen either. No. That's just and, because. Well, you know what? That's because the FBI they are they're making that their top priority now they might miss like the shooter that people knew about on monday yeah well yes obviously. Uh, but that's because i mean they haven't they have been so busy suppressing the white supremacist groups like well they're Nazi the biggest guy. threat we have they're the biggest by far yeah they're yeah, the biggest by far b- threat by far by and far. the most amount of people too because <laughs> you see them everywhere yeah don't you? Seriously. you see them everywhere. There's I remember the first an oath keeper <clears throat> or a proud boy <laughs> yeah. everywhere you look. I uh, I remember the first time you you were with me. I think um, we were in uh, Cheshire, Connecticut. The first time I saw a clan person, I've I'd never in seen Cheshire, one before in Cheshire, Connecticut. Uh, really? Needless to say, he was all by himself, um, <laughs> and he was on the town green. And I stopped wow, that's my dedication. car. I gotta say, I don't like the cause, yeah. but that's dedication. Yeah, mm-hmm. I stopped my car, and uh, my wife at the time, I think, was with me. But you and I worked together. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was across the street, and this guy was holding some sign or something in a clan outfit. And I looked at that, and I was like, is is that serious? <laughs> and I started rolling down the window and my wife said, don't, don't say anything. I said, this guy's a moron. And, uh, and I rolled down the window and I said, are you serious? And is that why you're alone? <laughs> uh, I mean, I remember that. It's what not did he like, say? Wait, I want to know what he said. Uh, nothing. I drove away quickly. Okay, yeah, that's smart. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's smart. Um, but the, uh, uh, you know, the, I, I, I don't know white supremacists. No. I don't. I, I don't know anyone know. who thinks. I mean, just and how can you process. argue white supremacists when everyone is arguing black supremacists? I, I, all, yeah. I mean, like I, this idea that people are going through the thought process mm-hmm. of a a virus starts in China, is discovered in China. The Chinese communist government uh, does a great job hiding it and, and covering up the early effects so people are not prepared. It spreads over here. You're going to say then say, hey, Chinese or Asian American citizen, you're at fault for this. Well, I know no one who thinks like that. I've never no, met a person in my entire I do, life. I do. FDR. There you go, FDR. Franklin Delano one of, Roosevelt. One of the top uh, three presidents of all time, according it, to progressives. Yeah. Yes, yes, he certainly did think he like that. He was like, hey, they bombed us in Hawaii. All Japanese and Americans must be part of it. Yeah. They're plotting something. I should have known. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's a good point. To the point where their homes were taken from them. Yeah. Yeah. Their homes and their property everything. and everything property, they everything. owned. Never got it back. Yeah. Do they give a justification as to why this is a crime? For someone to, I mean, again, like, I think it's a terrible activity. And yeah, I we're worse be than Britain now. I think that's the, that's the justification. Well, it's hate. We need to be worse than it's Britain. It's just hate. It's just you hate. Can't, is that. It's a hate crime. Because no, here, here's the you thing. You can't, you cannot have a free society and regulate things like that. No you way. You can't. Because, you know, we ha- we met, we've done this segment probably five times together <laughs> where 
we there's like this moment where they we mock college students because mm-hmm. someone someone goes to campus and asks them uh, is hate speech illegal uh, and they all think that like the constitution bans hate speech yeah. right that's their impression and we laugh mm-hmm. at it because obviously it doesn't but uh, i mean have it stories seems like to this. be in effect oh no because they have been yeah. raised in those institutions and now those people are are in our yeah, in our reality it seems in, to be happening in, yes it is because they're now adults and they're out in the public and they are changing everything. Can I, may I ask you, a, I think this is a more important question. Um, Taco Bell hot sauce packets are in big demand on eBay. Mm-hmm. Some uh, going for as much as $10 a packet. What? Right? Okay. I thought you would know that. <laughs> did they ban these or... Some listings appear to be jokes, as such as the twelve ninety for a rare packet of hot sauce that's just empty. <laughs> yeah, it's empty. Um, there is another listing asking for twenty four thousand nine hundred ninety nine uh, dollars uh, for a rare packet that was printed without one of the funny sayings that often is on Taco Bell sauces. Uh, but they there are those that are selling these packets for you know ten dollars a pack and people are buying them can't you just go to taco bell that's what i thought drop a few in your bag i mean (laughs) this is that i mean are people that stupid oh yeah i think so i really have i really come to the i was in a conversation with somebody yesterday i don't remember what we were talking about and I said, and I, I, as I was saying it, I thought, I really actually, for the first time, can say this, and I really believe it. It's not a joke. Americans are just too stupid for freedom. Mm. <laughs> we really are. Mm-hmm. We're just, we've lost every educational and religious mooring that kept us free. And now it's just... Mm-hmm. Well, he did a Nazi salute, so uh, uh, First Amendment protects uh, protects us from him. What? No, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to be a. It doesn't seem to be like a lot of attachment to trying to get things right anymore. Like, you know, you just like it's like well, you know, it's like loyalty to your group, or or it's like whatever the thing of the day is. We were talking about Christy Nome yesterday. Mm. And this is an unpopular thing for our audience. And we were told, you know, this is going to be unpopular if you take her side. No, like, I'm not. No, I don't. I haven't talked to her yet. I want to know what side I'm on. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I'll come down whichever way I feel is the right thing. Wow. Did we get hammered yesterday? Because I think that what Christy Nome did, we're going to talk to an attorney today who says she's absolutely right. It was too broad. Yeah, it was too broad. And you're going to lose it. And then you'll have case law. And that she, will hurt everybody else's case. And she's been, like she said, she's been trying to protect women, biological women in their sports for, for years, years. For years. Long before most of us were even involved yeah. in the knowledge of this situation. So, I mean, I, it, but that goes to the example of even people on our side. You have to stop and think. Mm-hmm. You have to stop. I mean, I know because I, I want it too. When I saw that story... Where she was backing out, I'm like, what? Come on, take it on. But you have to stop and listen and think, not just be ruled by your emotions. And 
Almost everybody is. And, and that is the that is the result of the left. The left has never wanted to engage in intellectual discussions. They want to engage instead on emotions. Yeah, I mean, I get another example of this that's been playing out this week is the Sidney Powell thing. Right, where Sidney Powell made all these claims and it's unbelievable and, and, to me. I mean, even so when I, I, I would, if she were a man, I'd slap her face if I ever saw her. <laughs> yeah. I would, I, I would, because she lied not lied. only to the American people, she lied to me, and she made it. She she made it sound like she had solid evidence. I because asked her if she did, and she yeah. said yes. yes. She said every she, time. No, she said she would prove it in the court in the court by that deadline. Yes. Uh, then she then, tells us that now that she's being sued. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't have believed that. that yeah. yeah. She was no, like, no, no serious person yeah. would believe would believe what I said. As no serious person would believe it. Wait. Well, yeah, they would. I mean, you just lie like that. I mean, that's unbelievable. So unbelievable. And that's honestly, and by the way, that's if you're wondering why there's all these risks, why we just got a one point nine trillion dollar plan. Right. Mm-hmm. What was the most effective argument that could have been made in Georgia leading up to that election that you it's, don't want to give the Democrats about, complete control of the government? Correct. But because of people like Sidney Powell, the candidates couldn't make those arguments because they had to act uh-huh. as if Donald Trump was about to be sworn back into office. And so, you know, oh, that's a geez. massive missed opportunity. We're paying the price for it. And what was the reasoning? It was just this idea that you had to just keep fighting even when you weren't right. Well, no, wait a minute. Hang on. And just she a knew she wasn't right. Yeah, I believe she made stuff I up. I would not say that you stop fighting just because you believe you're right. There was a lot of smoke there. And then when somebody like Sidney Powell would step up in front of the microphones who had credibility, she did have credibility at one time. She has zero credibility. But yeah. when she would step to a microphone and say, hey, uh, this is real and I'm going to prove it by next week. I mean, who who lies like that? Who lies like that? Answer, seemingly almost everyone in politics and the media. <laughs> but other than that, other than that, we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> Pat Gray Unleashed, uh, Blaze TV. Get the podcast and subscribe now. Uh, and of course, kexi.com. Uh, K-E-K-S-I. Oh, such good cookies. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, thanks, Pat. If you have to mow your lawn and, uh, you know, especially if you have a decent sized lawn, holy cow, you can spend all Saturday on it. Uh, Why don't you why don't you find something that will cut the time that you spend in half when you're mowing the lawn in half? Now, it also makes it more enjoyable. There is the zero turn uh, lawnmower from Hustler Turf. These are the people that invented it. So you can go and, oh, no, Toro's got a good one. Do they? Do they? Yeah. These are the people that invented it, and they've been making them for the industry for decades, decades. Now they're making them for you and home use. And these are beefy. They're the people who pioneered all of this really decades before anybody was making one. They were making them because they invented them. Go look at other lawnmowers. If you're going to buy a lawnmower, go look. But I'm telling you, do yourself a favor. Test drive a Hustler at HustlerTurf.com. You go there, find a dealer, and test drive a Hustler. There is no comparison. HustlerTurf.com. Go there now. The Glenn Beck Program. 
Let's go to uh, Roy in Texas. Hello, Roy. Morning, Glenn. How are you, sir? Um, I'm good, fine. Uh, when you were talking earlier about the uh, Klan yeah. person that you saw, yeah. uh, when I was 13, my family did a road trip down to Florida. And this was before 95 was built, so it was all on the back roads. Yeah. And as we were somewhere in North Carolina, we came across the most huge billboard I have ever seen. It was a Klansman on a white horse. Holy cow. And he was holding a sword in the air, and there was a, a burning cross on the billboard. It said, you are in Klan country. Holy cow. I don't remember what city it was in North Carolina, but I vividly remember that billboard. Yeah, thank God those days are uh, gone. And it's interesting that you would describe that billboard because that is the image from uh, the film that Woodrow Wilson inspired and then debuted in the White House, uh, The Birth of a Nation. Uh, that's the way the Klan was portrayed as almost knights and people that were going to save the white race. It's abhorrent. Uh, and I am uh, so happy to say they have diminishing numbers. Thank God. Uh, and uh, hopefully they will never come back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Rough Greens <laughs> is uh, the uh, sponsor of this half hour. Rough Greens, I'm telling you, my dog runs to the food bowl now. Runs. That, that, that never happened. He runs to the, the, the food bowl. Every time I'm in that area and it's dinner time, he's like, time now. We're going to eat. Time now. Time now. Uh, roughgreens.com. I'm starting to feel bad. I feel like I'm not feeding him enough because he's always wanting food now. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. It is something that you put on your dog's food that makes them love it. But also, my dog is so much more active. In comparison, I thought he was normal, but he was lethargic. Uh, he is out running and playing and just, he's like a puppy again. Get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog to try out just to make sure that they love it as much as Uno does. And then order your bag at roughgreens.com slash back uh, after you know your dog loves it. And then watch the change in your dog. Roughgreens.com slash back. Get a free bag today. 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. All you pay is shipping. Down in Del Rio, Texas, things are beyond your understanding. Their grocery stores look like the Soviet Union. There's no meat, there's no milk, there's nothing on the shelves of the grocery stores. And people who live there, what are they to do? Their city is completely overrun by illegals that the, the United States government is doing nothing about. The mayor of Del Rio is uh, the youngest uh, elected mayor at the age of 35. Uh, he's a Democrat. But he is begging the White House, stop, stop doing this. But it's not 
now. He's begging now, but he also was begging before this started. Said, don't do this. Please don't do this. A voice of reason from the Democrats who actually are living it. I really want you to hear this interview. I want you to know what's going on in Del Rio, Texas, because we have to help. There's got to be something we can do. The, the townsfolk are being starved out because there's nothing on the shelves of the grocery store. He'll give us the complete look. Bruno Lozano, the mayor of Del Rio, Texas, and the border in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So spring is finally here. It's time to start collecting those compliments on how much younger you're looking. Because during Chamonix's spring clearance event, you can get the brand new Zotique Deep Correcting Serum absolutely free when you order the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness. That's right. When you order GenuCell for bags and puffiness, you get the uh, Zotique Deep Correcting Serum absolutely free. GenuCell always hooks you up uh, with, uh, with tons of stuff when you, when you order. Whether you're staying at home, going back to work simply connecting remotely with your loved ones and coworkers. Now's the time to say goodbye to puffiness, blotchy skin, crow's feet, acne scars, pesky sunspots, whatever you got, they can take care of it. It's time to open up, get out, and feel great about how you look. Order GenuCell now, and Chamonix will also include GenuCell immediate effects for results in minutes, also free. You get the results guaranteed or 100% of your money back. Go to GenuCell.com or call 800-577-8709. And the sale keeps getting better right now. They're going to get you the classic GenuCell jawline treatment as well to tighten and tone the chin and neck area, also free. All the orders today are upgraded to free priority shipping. They're loading on all the stuff for you. Go to GenuCell.com, 800-577-8709, or G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. I need you to understand the, the humanitarian problem for not only those uh, who are coming across the border, the trafficking that is happening, the the drug lords and the cartels that are being empowered uh, and are just going to destroy lives, but also the lives of American citizens, especially those who live right on the border, Del Rio, Texas. I've seen video of Del Rio and what's happening there. The grocery stores look like they're from the Soviet Union. There's nothing on the shelves. How are regular Americans supposed to help if they can't help themselves? I want to introduce you to the uh, mayor, uh, Bruno uh, Ralphie Lozano. I think, is he go, do you go by Ralph, Ralphie? I, I, locally, I go by, by Ralph. That's my nickname, but people okay. just call me Bruno these days. So okay. you're just a call me Bruno, <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, so, Bruno, I want to I, I want to talk to you n- not just about politics. I want you to describe to me what is happening in your city and what's happening to the people who are law-abiding citizens in your city. Right. So, you know, the images that you're describing earlier, that was taken during the winter storm, and that was immediately affecting our community because we didn't have resources for our own citizens. And that week, I got noticed that we were going to have migrants being released into our community. And it's just clearly, it's just extremely unfortunate that I even had to make a plea to the president to not release migrants into our community because of, of the winter storm uh, um, that took effect over our community. Um, you on uh, May 5th, let's play this. This was your first, your first plea. 
Uh, and I think actually this is, was this from February when you originally said hey, this? Yeah, go ahead and play this. Hey, Mr. President, my name is Bruno Lozano, mayor of the city of Del Rio, Texas, and I am pleading and requesting with you to please put a halt to any measures regarding the release of immigrants awaiting court dates into the city of Del Rio and surrounding areas. We do not have the resources available to house and accommodate these migrants within our community. I will have no choice but to use the extreme measure under the emergency declaration as the mayor of the city of Del Rio, Texas, to refuse the entry of migrants awaiting court dates into the city of Del Rio. If you do send these individuals into our community, we will be forced to make a decision to leave them without resources under these dire circumstances. Mm. I am asking to please stop. Please make another plan for this federal issue. Okay, now you, so people know, you're not a guy that's after, you know, Biden or anything else. You're a Democrat. You were elected as a Democrat. You're just trying to protect your American citizens, whether they're Republican or Democrat, that you were elected to to help and serve. So this is not a political issue. So they did release people. How many people, how many people live in your town and how many people now have you grown to? because of the illegal immigration problem? Well, we have 36,000 residents here in the city of Del Rio and 50,000 in the county. And we get an upwards of, you know, 150 a day. Um, I think the average or the expectation was that there was going to be 35,000 total in about a four-week period. Um, Those numbers were given to us in February. That's the expectations that we're going to have of transient population transiting the community in total. Mm Mm-hmm. So, 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 wait, wait a minute. 50,000 people in the county, 30,000 in Del Rio, and you're, and you're expecting 35,000 immigrants to come in? Correct. So, the, the migrants do come in. They, they, um, they get they they get dropped off at the Valverde Humanitarian Coalition, and that's where we process you know 150 a day or what have you. The remaining persons get dropped off in Eagle Pass, Texas, or Goodiso Springs, Texas, and are processed throughout the entire area. But this community alone, the Border Patrol Chief Sector uh, Chief Girl told me back in February that we're expecting to get 35,000 um, within three to four weeks. That was given to me back in February during that week that I made that that video plea. So we're pretty close. I mean, they're they're detaining an an average of seven hundred a day right now. The last seven day average. So so, uh, so you have equal number of illegals to to the population. How are you mm-hmm. expected to deal with this? What what is that doing to your community? It, that's exactly the biggest question that I have. Is that where's the funding? How am I supposed to fund? an influx of, of the population of Del Rio with a budget of only what we have, you know, our, our tax-paying citizens are only 35,000 individuals, you know, that's 11,000 roughly, give or so, households that we can tax prop, you know. It, it's just it's just mind-boggling, the statistics and what's happening, and yet the administration continues to just, you know, ignore the, ignore the problem and not acknowledge the fact that it's an actual, an absolute humanitarian crisis. You know, I liked um, what you said just recently. You said, you know, I don't want to demonize any any group of individuals. I, I don't want to, uh, you know, I'm not going to comment on the humanitarian crisis of the, you know, the the migrants. I don't want to get involved in that. I'm just talking about the whole humanitarian crisis here that involves other people as well. We can't right. help people if there's not an orderly 
influx if there's if you don't go through the right doors and you overwhelm america and towns like yours you can't survive to be a help right right that's exactly the problem is that we cannot sustain this at all and you know every migrant has their own unique story their own situation and their own reason for coming into united states of america and and I don't want to demonize them by any means, but, you know, how can you sit here and tell me that the Border Patrol is not treating them humanely when you have mothers, you know, getting their children to cross across a dangerous river, you know, in in inclement weather and, you know, drowning? How is that? How is that any more humane than what the Border Patrol is trying to provide? Mm. The Border Patrol is just doing the directives and following directives that are given by the Department of Homeland Security. And that direction is coming right now under Secretary Mayorkas, uh, Mayorkas and this is what's happening. You know, there is no plan of action, and it's extremely unfortunate that, that we're losing lives on both sides. We're losing lives for the migrants crossing. You know, we had a, a high-speed chase a couple of weeks ago where we lost eight, eight um, illegal immigrants, and oh, it, it's just it's mind-boggling. So what is the White House or anybody saying nationally? Well, the first response that I got from, from, from one of the um, individuals that's up there with the White House, um, she told us, she told me, Mrs. Miss Julie Rodriguez, that, you know, they inherited a, a problem or, or a dismantling of immigration from the Trump administration, which, you know, some may argue that's, that's true, that's not. But, you know, it's been a couple of months that they've been in office. Well, where's the plan? Where's the recovery? Where's the, where's the long-term solution? Where's the short-term solution? Well, wait a minute. You know, wait, 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 wait. I don't, I don't, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I just have to correct that if you inherited a problem, you didn't inherit this problem. You inherited right. what you thought was a problem of being inhumane, and so you dismantled it. So you caused the problem because you didn't have another plan other than right. open it up. Exactly. And that's exactly the frustration is that, you know, you have on one hand, you have the extension of, of COVID-19 um, restrictions. You can't enter lawfully. Visa-holding visa Mexican, Mexican nationals cannot visit their family, cannot shop in our communities because of COVID-19 restrictions. And they've extended that to through April 21st. Yet on that same hand, you know, you have unlawful entry happening. How can you sit here and tell me that that's the previous administration's, you know, problem? It, it's, this is their problem. They were elected to do a job and they need to stand up and, and start doing it. You know, we need action now. We need to we need to get these borders secure and we need to open up business and commerce to the border town community so that we can get our, our economies back in order. So how can we help you? First, before I ask you that, has the state reached out? Anybody from the governor's office? Is the state of Texas doing anything to help you? I appreciate the state's effort. I know that they were trying to help, you know, with with testing at one point, and which I appreciate. But I'm sit that I sit there with Governor Abbott. This is not a state or local issue. This is a federal issue. I agree. And I firmly believe that that the federal government needs to take more action and come in and be actually present on the border. We're getting FEMA response finally. We're getting, um, you know, some testing is finally being done under the Department of Homeland Security's directive. But the same time it's like you need to come down and actually send your people to, to mitigate all of this this is not um, this is not the city of dorio's issue this is a uh, um, uh, federal issue. process issue it's a federal issue absolutely yeah. so is there anything that we can do to help you i think just ensuring that the story gets out and that you know that there is transparency happening i think that's one of the biggest you know uh, ways that we can resolve and find solutions to this problem um, it, this has this has been an ongoing issue for decades, and it's going to continue until we face it head on. But we need to be transparent while we're doing that. You know, you can't you can't not call it a crisis for one thing. 
it is a crisis. So it's a humanitarian crisis. Can you can you tell me because I don't have a clear picture on is life normal for the the average uh, Delrian uh, that is uh, that is conducting their life? Is it is it do they have access to the things they need? I mean, I'm I'm hearing about we huge do. lines at you know for food, but that might be the you know relief food. What what is the average life like? Initially, you know, there was a huge, um, what's, you know, during the winter storm that you, you couldn't get food during the winter storm. And, and since that winter storm has passed, wow. you know, life has gone back to, to normal a little bit. But the main concern now is, is just the security of the border community. I mean, we're a safe, small, sleepy town. You know, we, we, we know each other. We, we, we know each other. We say hi to each other at the grocery stores, things like that. And now I have concerns. You know, I have small business owners like a, photo, a photographer. She's trying to conduct business at the creek at our city park, and she's fearful that she's going to be robbed because she has migrants coming up to her and asking her for money and for food. And how secure is that? You know, I have a duty to protect my community, and I have the transit population coming through our municipal areas and, and parks. It's not, it's not safe. Uh, Bruno, I, I have to tell you, I, uh, uh, I admire you. I admire the, the take that you have and the, the, the brave stand that you are, you're making. Um, especially I know what, I know what the world is like today. You're either part of the team or you're not part of the team. And that is killing us. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And I, uh, so I admire that. Please Keep my phone number if there is anything that we can do for you. You have a large charity arm. Anything that we can do to help the citizens of Del Rio weather this, you please let us know. I will. Thank you. I appreciate that. You I bet. appreciate you having me on, on and, and sharing the story of what's happening along the border. Thank you so I much. I appreciate that. You bet. Bruno L- 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 Lozano uh, from uh, Del Rio, Texas. He's the mayor. Uh, wow. Okay. Let me tell you about Jeff who lives in Texas. He's an automotive detailer. He also likes to road ride motorcycles and he has since he was a kid. Uh, he's a pretty badass kind of guy. He's 71 and he's still riding motorcycles around. Uh, anyway, Jeff has been having a lot of trouble with his knee and lower back and this made his auto detailing pretty difficult as you might imagine. He heard me talking about relief factor and he thought, you know, Glenn Beck should get out and do some more adventurous stuff. He's whining about aches and pains and he hasn't done anything in his life. Yes, I got it. I got it, Jeff. Jeez. Anyway, he said, uh, I'd try anything to stop my pain. So he tried it. He said within just a couple of weeks, the pain in his knee and lower back wasn't just diminished. Within a few weeks, it was completely gone. Jeff got his life back by using Relief Factor. Please try it. 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to buy more. You should know within three weeks whether this is going to work for you or not. Try the three-week quick start trial pack right now for $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, 800-583-84, Relief Factor, 800-583-84. 10 seconds, station ID. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm looking up at at Fox News and uh, I'm seeing that they're doing a story on how 
Vice President Harris did not salute the color guard as she was coming down the ramp with Joe Biden. Well, no, she's with the commander in chief and he returned the salute. That is not something that that is a relatively new tradition. I mean, I can't believe I'm helping defend people, but uh, let's just have perspective. Uh, That was started really by Ronald Reagan. And you weren't supposed to salute if you were a civilian in civilian clothes. But he said, I'm the commander in chief. I'm going to salute. So he did. He saluted. It has been a tradition that all the presidents have picked up since then. Um, But she's not the commander in chief. Now, I don't know if that's her reason for not saluting. Probably not. Uh, But why is that worth airtime when so much is going on today? This this push for gun control. We have a really important show that we have worked two weeks on to present to you tonight. I have moved it and delayed it a week so we could talk to you about gun control. We my staff is working overtime right now to be able to put something together tonight that is worth your time and we have it uh there's a lot of things going on with gun control this is the first this is the beginning of this fight we've had two shootings and you don't ever waste an emergency you don't waste a tragedy if the uh ends justify the means and you are going to see this come uh, fast and furious at you. And do not believe any of the bullcrap that they're there. We're not after your guns. We're just after these assault rifles. Yeah, assault rifles. They're a modern sporting rifle. Don't blame me if you don't understand what it is. There is a sickness in America. Those guns have been in our society since the 1950s. The 1950s. Why are we suddenly having all these problems? Because there's something going on in our society. There is a sickness in our society. You know, they talked about the first real kind of push for gun control was back in the 1930s when they needed to get those they needed to get those machine guns out of the hands of the mobsters. Well, did it work? Would it have worked? It wouldn't have worked because they would have bought them anyway. You think bad guys are you, you think you think Al Capone was like, ah, geez, they're they're getting rid of all the machine guns. Oh, well, we give up. Of course not. Of course not. Uh, the same now. Now we have. This last shooting, I don't know if this guy was religiously motivated, if he was insane or politically motivated. He hated Donald Trump. He uh, is a, uh, a Islamic uh, follower in good standing. I don't know if there was anything on that, but it, it looks like he was a little radical. I don't know how radical. Uh, and he also looks like he was, might've been really insane. You know that I, I'm going off of more than just the fact that he's walked into a store in his underpants and no shirt. Um, but this has nothing to do with the automatic weapons. Tonight, you're going to hear all about what they're planning on doing and what you can do. Uh, in fact, we're going to do just a little bit of, of this now. There are sanctuary cities and sanctuary states that are popping up. 
There are three sanctuary states for the Second Amendment and over 400 counties all across the country. That's that's coming up next. We'll talk about it. And it's blazetv.com slash Glenn. We have a special promo code for 20% off tonight. Oh, wow. It's control is the promo code. Use the promo code control 20% off at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Don't miss Join it. us. This is very important tonight. 9 p.m. live. Good show before it, too. I'm just saying. Probably this not. This is the Glenn Beck program. <laughs> uh, okay, let me tell you about AMAC. Your world is changing. It already has. The America that you grew up in is gone. Now, does it come back? Do we gain it back? I don't know about you. I take this seriously. I imagine you do too. We have reached a point of no return, and we need more and more mature people. And if you happen to find yourself at the age of maturity, there is something you can do that others can't that is good uh, for the fight against the left. You can join AMAC, the American uh, Mature wait, Adult. What does it stand for again? I can't remember. It, it stands for Mature Americans. Okay, <laughs> I can't remember what the acronym is right now, but uh, this is a group that will not only take care of you, give you all of the different discounts that you need, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but they together are fighting the good fight. And there's, it's a reason why I'm a member. There is power in numbers. Join amac.us/back. Amac.us. Slash back the association, yeah, the mature, mature American citizens. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> All right, place slash Glenn is the place to go. Use the promo code control for tonight 20% off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. There is, there is a direct push. To come after your firearms, to to start changing the laws to make it more difficult to take, uh, quote unquote, assault rifles off. These are modern sporting rifles. That's what they were called by the company that made them beginning in the 1950s. They're painted black, so they're scary. Um, and there is a movement that I highly recommend that you get involved in it's the second amendment sanctuary cities movement there are three states now uh idaho uh wyoming and i can't remember what the what the other one uh is but three states that have passed this but there are a ton a ton of counties all across the country it's actually four states alaska is one of them um, it started in Alaska. It's happening now in Texas as well. Um, and it needs to it needs to go through. But I want to understand it and help you understand it a little bit. Josh, uh, Justin Holland, he is a Texas state representative. He's the guy who introduced uh, Texas House Bill 2622. And so we thought we'd get him on. And if you don't have this happening in your House of Representatives it, it, in, in your state, you need to get involved in this and get it moving now. Um, Justin, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Glenn. It's good morning. Uh, is it is it Kansas, the other state? There's four states. Do you know? Uh, you, I believe Utah. Utah. Utah is one of the other states, but uh, it is something that's gaining 
much momentum in our state right now, and we're hoping to get it pushed through this legislative session with just 70 days left. So this is something I was talking about before Biden was even inaugurated. We need to have sanctuary states um, that will operate the same way the sanctuary cities did for um, illegal aliens. And I think that's what your bill is doing. It is it's putting together a, a, a movement that says no state agency will help with anything that is against the Second Amendment. Is that right? Yeah, basically, that is right. Anything more prohibitory or restrictive, a regulation or restriction, something like that, that would come down from a Biden administration or any subsequent administration, we are not going to allow our state and local law enforcement uh, resources to enter into agreements with federal agents that would be uh, against what we have right now on the books. We want to keep our Second Amendment laws and our constitutional rights as strong as possible. And we feel like that infringement is coming and it's closing in on us. So that's what the the over uh, the, uh, you know, 30,000 foot view is very similar to what you said. So in the bill, it actually says magazine capacity or size limitations, registration requirements, background checks. Uh, so that's that's anything that they are talking about now. That's right. Anything that has to do with a firearm, a firearm accessory or firearm ammunition and your means of obtaining them. We want to maintain our Second Amendment rights and constitutional rights in Texas without the out of touch policies of the Biden administration coming to Texas and uh, and, and hampering us. So now let me ask you, this is a really selfish question, but the federal government would love to make examples of of uh, people that are outspoken who have firearms. I live in Texas. If the federal government decided to come and confiscate my stuff or the FBI was at my door and they, you know, they were like, you're or we need to see your clips, the the or not your clips, your magazines, the would the state protect me or just not get involved with that? So the state is uh, the, the federal government still has their own ability to enforce their laws. We cannot stop the feds from enforcing federal law. We're just not going to allow local entities uh, to enter into agreements with federal agencies that would ask them to do that on their behalf. Uh, they would actually lose state funding if they complied with federal more restrictive agreements uh, after the inauguration of Joe Biden. So is this kind of like the 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 idea here is because if Texas did it or Utah did it by itself, it, it, it wouldn't really be that effective because they'd have the resources. Is this kind of the Christy Nome idea that I need a coalition and the power is the the real strength of this comes from the number of states involved? Right. And I think that's the biggest thing that we need to uh, stress nationwide is our 10th Amendment rights as states. If all the states that are Second Amendment loving, constitutional loving states will come together and and push back because uh, our constitutional rights, as you know, are eroding day by day. And as we have this new administration, we're all a little bit scared. You can try to give them as much, um, you know, we, we can watch them very closely, but you cannot uh, let the Biden administration, the Democrats in Washington control the way that we live, the way that our way of life is and our values in Texas. And so, yes, I think it'd be wonderful if we could push a nationwide campaign for sanctuary 
Second well, Amendment state. I have to tell you, um, you know, I've been saying this for a while. I think the states that get it need to be a constitution sanctuary state uh, that that anything in our Bill of Rights, if it's a violation of our Bill of Rights, we're not doing it. I'm just as concerned about the First Amendment. I mean, you, we lose the Second Amendment. The First Amendment is definitely gone. But the First Amendment is is going away quickly because they found a way around the the Constitution by by using private uh, industry to be their strong arm. That's right. And I can't disagree with you, Glenn. Uh, but the the spirit of House Bill 2622 is focused solely on gun legislation. I know. I know. Um, the odds that this is going to pass. I'm surprised that Texas hasn't led the way in this. Um but is well, it- I, I tell you, the odds that it's going to pass seem very, very likely to me. The governor is behind this. This is the governor's uh, priority Second Amendment sanctuary piece of legislation. Good. Uh, he has been active and vocal uh, on social media about this bill, about yeah. our legislation. We work closely with his office. We work closely with Texas State Rifle Association in, in meetings and discussions with the NRA. People are, uh, there's momentum gaining behind this. I think we're going to pass this bill this session. Uh, that is fantastic news. When will we know? How long is this going to take? Well, right now we've just started uh, in earnest uh, meetings and laying out bills. This bill has been referred to the State Affairs Committee in the Texas House, and it will. Uh, we're, we've requested a hearing for that. Once I lay the bill out in the committee, it should get kicked out within a week or so from there. We're up against the timeline. It needs to happen in April uh, for sure because towards the end of our legislative session, it gets be- becomes more and more difficult to pass bills if you don't get them moving. Uh, we feel like in the next couple of weeks, we're going to get this mil- bill moving down the line and over to the Senate so that we can uh, we can get the, to the governor's And a lot of that. people around the country don't understand the reason why Texas is still as free as it is, and no offense to you, is that the, the state house they adjourn and they're only in what is it every other year so every other year for 140 days uh we we make laws for 140 days and we go back to our communities and businesses and live under them uh with the people that voted us in there and the the more that we're in session the greater your liberties are in trouble and it is it is the reason why texas has been this strong and more more state that's the way our founders set things up uh, and Texas is really the only one left, I think, in the country that's uh, living that way. Um, well, that's why so many people, Glenn, are moving here I know. in droves because it's the freedom capital of America, as our governor likes to say, and we want to keep it that way for our guns as well. I have some friends that uh, are living up north, and they are visiting this week, and they they couldn't believe the growth in Texas. They're like, how is the state keeping up with it? And I'm like, well, the state is really smart and, you know, got, they built the infrastructure ahead of time. But it is phenomenal how fast this state is growing. Um, it's did, growing very fast. Um, can I ask is if somebody is interested in this in their state, is, did you use another uh, bill from somebody else? Is there a is there like a Mad Lib version of this bill that states can start to go off of? 
well, I, I tell you what, we have a couple of different versions of it that we'd be happy to provide to any other legislators or people that would like to send it to theirs. The Texas legislature online has a great resource where you can search the bill 2622, House Bill 2622, and get the language to share with their legislators, and our office would be happy to provide that as well. Great. How would, we, where would they find that online? It would be Texas legislature online, TLO. TLO? Yes, TLO. Okay. Um, All right. Thank you so much. Please stay in touch with us. Let us know. um, Do people, should we be calling our our state representative here in Texas? The best way that you could do is call your state representative and tell them to co-author this legislation. That essentially means that they will walk down to the House clerk's office sign their name on as a co-author and support. The more co-authors we have, the stronger chance that this has to start moving and move quickly. And uh, that's what they would do. Support this bill by co-authoring it and tell their state rep to do that. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, I will tell you there's going to be a ton. Of, if this gains real traction here in Texas, there it will be a ton of Soros-type money coming in to stop it. Um, you know, as Texas goes, it's a little like California and New York. As Texas goes, so goes the country. Uh, and uh, I urge you, if you're listening to us in Texas, to call your state rep. It's House Bill 2622. If you're li- listening to us anywhere else in the country, call your state representative. Call your uh, your your local people and say we need to have this as a sanctuary city and a sanctuary state. There again, there are only three or four uh, states now that are doing this or have already passed it. There are more coming, but there are counties all over the country. There's I don't know how many 400 and some counties. It is a the the map is a wash with the counties that have already done this. So if your state won't do it, get it to your local level your county level or even your city level if that's what it takes but get involved in this movement and time is of the essence now all right uh you know i know there are representatives in uh, california or from california that are pushing joe biden to uh declare an end date for the gasoline engine and they're not talking about some you know far off future date um down the road, I mean, I yeah, I don't know. Uh, I could see us driving Flintstone, you know, uh, vehicles. Very sore feet. Uh, it'll be it'll be bad. Now the nice thing is, you won't really need insurance because all of our cars will be made out of rocks, uh, and your tires don't ever pop. But until that time, and that utopia appears, you need Car Shield if you don't have coverage on your car. If your warranty wears out. Your car can get really expensive. And the reason why cars aren't driven like they used to be driven is because you could go to, you know, Pep Boys or whatever, and you could fix almost anything yourself. Now you can't. And even if you take them to a local repair shop, that car, if it's if it's if it's a chip that went bad and this is going to get more expensive, if it's a chip that went bad, you could be screwed because it's six six grand what are you going to do that's that's worth more than your car so cars don't last now if you are frugal and if you want your car to last uh you need car shield get covered with car shield 
Uh, Car Shield cars do go further, and you'll find out why when you have CarShield.com. Go there now, CarShield.com. Use the promo code BECK. You'll save 10%, and a deductible may apply, uh, but you get to design your own your own. Uh, uh, you know, coverage. It's at carshield.com, promo code Beck, carshield.com. You are listening to the Glenn Beck program. So I just uh, heard some sad news on a personal note. Um, this program began in uh, Tampa, Florida, WFLA, and it is one of the best memories of my life my family's life uh i think Stu would feel the same way oh 100 percent uh it was it was a a golden time uh in our lives and mainly because of the people of florida uh and the people we worked with uh and many of them are still there and we just love them just love them uh wfla is really our home has been for since the beginning and uh, Ted Webb uh, did mornings uh, with Jack Harris on WFLA. And he is he was one of the funniest guys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was just he was hysterical and kind um, and very kind to us. And uh, he has been on kidney dialysis for a long time. And he has finally just given up. He just can't do it. I, I know a lot of people that are on kidney dialysis, and they just they say it is the worst thing you can possibly go through. Uh, and um, he's just gotten to the point. His family has been taking care of him, and uh, he has just said he doesn't want to be a burden on his family anymore. And um, he's going into hospice. Uh, and uh, Ted, we just we just love you and we cherish you and um you have impacted our life and we love you and jack and everybody at fla i know what you're going through and uh i wish we were there with you one of the funniest guys you're ever going to meet and uh a legend in tampa he's Great guy he Ted is Webb. the guy who gave me uh, uh leslie nielsen's fart bag and <laughs> And somehow or another, I lost it. I had it for years, mm. and I still talk to my son about the fart bag, and I would kill <laughs> for a Ted Webb fart bag, because it was, oh my gosh, it was so good. And he he was just like Leslie Nielsen. He just absolutely deadpan oh, yeah. in a very serious meeting, and you'd hear... <laughs> And he just, he just, he could make the face with it. It was just genius, genius. Uh, God bless. The Zebra is our sponsor for the Blaze, the coverage. Insurance can be complicated, and that's why the Zebra is so cool. Uh, if you use the zebra.com, insurance is in black and white. Oh, that's why they call it the zebra. Ah, I see. Honest rates from real companies. They're the leading, the nation's leading insurance comparison site for car and home insurance. They help you save money today. It's really simple. They don't give your information to these insurance companies. This is you going on to thezebra.com. You answer a couple of questions, really. I mean, it's so fast. You're like, here's where I live. This is the kind of insurance I'm looking for. How much? 
and they give you the quotes for free. Again, your personal information, you're not going to get hidden fees or surprises or email from people. TheZebra.com slash Beck. See how much money you can save on your car and home insurance right now. Just go to TheZebra.com slash Beck. T-H-E-Z-E-B-R-A dot com slash Beck for insurance in black and white. TheZebra.com. All right. Uh, We're going to bring some more happy, sunshiny news (laughs) your way here just a second. Tonight at 9 p.m., a very important show uh, that our producers are working through the night to be able to put through to you today. Live at 9 p.m., control. Uh, The control that is coming through common sense gun reforms. Uh, I believe, and we can make this case uh, here for you in a minute, I believe the filibuster is going to be broken because of the push for gun control this is one of these things they will they will fall on their sword for and the minute you start giving common sense gun control which is not common sense and listening to we're not trying to take away your gun then why are you talking about taxing bullets so high that no one can afford them what are you doing we know it's about power and control We'll make that case for you here in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. All right. Dear Timeshare Company, I'm writing this note to let you know that after a lot of thought and consideration, I've decided we should go our separate ways. Oh, I know you'll be sad for a while. We had some good days in the sun. Well, no, actually, we didn't. I had that time in the sun, and then you sold me this thing, and then I didn't get those days in the sun. So we don't always have the memories, Uh, but we'll all know that we should have had many memories. It's not you. It's me. No, wait. It is you. The maintenance fees, the inaccessibility to the promised destinations, and I've met someone else, uh, quite honestly. Timeshare termination team. They rescued me. So I part with these loving words. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Glenn, you'd like to write that to your uh, timeshare company? Go ahead, but make sure you call timeshare termination team first. Get the process started. Don't keep putting it off, getting stuck with another year of timeshare you're not going to use. You're going to get 20% off when you terminate your timeshare. So tell them I sent you because that's how you get the 20% off. And it's a money back, 100% money back exit guarantee. So you had enough? TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. I want to play a couple of things uh, that we have from uh, 
President Biden. President Biden uh, yesterday was talking about common sense gun control. Uh, let's uh, let's go to President Biden from uh, yesterday. While we're still waiting for more information regarding the shooter, his motive, the weapons he used, the guns, the magazines, the weapons, the modifications that apparently have taken place to those weapons that are involved here, I don't need to wait another minute, let alone an hour, to take common sense steps that will save the lives in the future and to urge my colleagues in the House and Senate to act. We can ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines in this country once again. I got that done when I was a senator. It passed. It was law for the longest time. And it brought down these mass killings. We should do it again. We can close the loopholes in our background check system, including the Charleston loophole. That's one of the best tools we have right now to prevent gun violence. Is it? Hmm. Is it really? By the way, Stu, do you have the staff, staff, uh, stats off the top of your head? Because well, I have them tonight, and they're in my book, Control. If you haven't, if you don't own the Control series from me, you're missing out. Uh, control is all about gun control, and it has all of the stats. This, this lie that he has just told, that the uh, uh, mass killings went down and everything was sunshine and lollipops once we got rid of these evil assault weapons that's not true the reason why it was allowed to sunset is because it wasn't effective at all yeah here's the quotes in general we found really very very little evidence almost none that (laughs) that gun violence was becoming any less lethal or any less injurious during this time frame this is talking about the assault weapons ban so on balance we concluded that the ban had not had a discernible impact on gun crime during the years it was in effect end quote that's not from some right-wing guy that's from uh that's from the actual study that went over this um they said uh although the ban has been successful in reducing crimes with assault weapons any benefits from this reduction are likely to have been over uh, outweighed by steady or rising use of non-banned semi-automatics uh, with uh, with large capacity magazines, which are used in crime more frequently than assault weapons. I mean, that, that's we all know that. So therefore, we cannot clearly credit the ban with any of the nation's recent drop in gun violence. And indeed, there has been no discernible reduction in the lethality and injuriousness of gun violence based on indicators like percentage of gun crimes resulting in death or share of gunfire incidents resulting in an injury, as we might have expected, had the ban reduced crimes with both assault weapons and uh, large capacity magazines. It is truly remarkable how they are spinning this. The New York Times was I mean, just incredible today on their, you know, 30 year journey of Joe Biden fighting against these assault weapons and how much of a change it made and how the Democrats just lost their spine, you know, when it came to renew from the sunset. Well, yeah, it had a sunset for a reason. So you could do the government could do a study to see if it made any difference. And it didn't. They didn't lose their spine. They knew it wasn't making any difference and they were going to pay a very heavy cost for doing it. If this showed that there was a huge difference when you control the guns, you still wouldn't convince me. But at least I'd have to argue against it. You don't have to argue against gun control, what they did in 1995. I've done it before. We can do it again. Why? It did nothing. 
That's a ridiculous argument to even have. I, I think you can make the case that uh, you're going to see the end of the filibuster over something like this. Um, they're going to this is the easiest thing for them to say they're just going to they just want kids to die. They just want these mass shootings to continue. You can see even now Biden would be promoted as the big guy who's standing in the way along with mansion and maybe cinema. Uh, saying we don't want the filibuster to go away. That's kind of how he was pitched to the American people. It's just moderate, Correct. right? But I mean, you listen to the way he says in these clips from this week, he's saying, I hope I, I, they should be passed. This should be passed right away. I hope the senators are there listening to me. I hope they're listening to me. Like, what is that? What? You what's he saying? Threat? I think he's saying it's filibuster time. It's time to, you know, figure out a way to get around it for this. Well, when it comes to uh, an emergency situation, we can get rid of the filibuster. This is too big of a problem. Exactly. And this is what what we said from the beginning on this. Yes, they can say when an election is on the line and they're trying to win over Republican votes. Sure, they'll say they're not going to get rid of the filibuster. But when it comes down to it, they're going to say these Republicans are too, they're too uh, obstructionist. Too in bed with the NRA. And they, we they've can't, gutted the NRA. There's never been anything more obvious. And lives are on the line. We must act now. We can't have these Republicans stopping these down because they're getting paid by the NRA. And the, yeah, what about the... I mean, I, why doesn't that work on the border? Why doesn't that work on the border? If it just saves one child, if it just saves one life. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. How many lives... How many lives are endangered and actually lost because of illegal immigration? Why doesn't it work for that? And I'm sure some of the stuff, some of the tactics used in the last few years will be used with things like guns. I mean, like, you know, the, the emergency de- oh, yeah. declaration that was used oh, to build yeah. the wall is going to be something they're absolutely going to take advantage Why of. Why we spoke out against that. It's, yeah. We learned our lesson from the Patriot Act. It's, it might sound like a good idea or it might be uh, something that you get wrapped up in emotionally or you're like so tired, just do anything, do something. No, you do not want to open unconstitutional doors. Now look, I, I favor the wall uh, to be built. Me too. But you, you know, and now you know you got to do it the right way. And of course, obviously, when you can't get things done through legislation, you have a situation now where we have like big pieces of wall in the middle of giant fields that will remain that way forever. Because but they obviously, are. They, although I will say, there's a good chance Biden also tears them down. I mean, I think there's a good chance that he actually goes and physically removes them. Uh, I would not be surprised at all to be that. How to see that insane one of these would that be with our money situation and everything else? How insane would that be? You know, that's costing us millions of dollars every day because we stopped it. We're still we. You're still paying people. Still you're, paid. Yeah. You're still paid. Mm-hmm. So it's costing us millions of dollars. Anyway, it's mm-hmm. a different story. Amazing. Um, I want you to listen to this um, representative from Colorado talking about the filibuster listen you know in in the congresses you mentioned the house of representatives last week for the second time we've passed two important initial pieces on on gun violence prevention the problem is in the senate even with a majority a slim majority because of the filibuster it's going to be very very difficult to get anything done you know the filibuster to to many of us is a, a tool an instrument for government gridlock and yes. um, we need action and we need it right away. So what are you calling for today? Well, we need to do away with the filibuster. You know, the, what's, what's, what we're seeing happening in America is 
Republicans in the Senate are more interested in eroding voting laws and oh increasing um, gun rights when, oh you know, gosh. really should be um, the other way around. Oh, my gosh. I just can't take this ridiculous these lies. This isn't even ridiculous logic. These are just out and out lies. They're now saying that the Republicans want to uh, erode uh, your voting rights. No, just the ones that are saying that you don't have to have identification. You can register and go vote on the same day. Is there nothing that you have to do to be a citizen of the United States, to be able to vote, to be able to participate? Is there no hurdle to that? It's just like, I showed up. And I'm wearing my T-shirt and I don't have any teeth and I'm not wearing pants right now, but I'm totally cool to vote. It's totally unconstitutional to require pants to vote. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous what is going on and dangerous. We don't trust people anymore. You You know, what's amazing to me is you don't have to. You don't have to do all of these things. You don't have to play all these games if you have trust. You don't have to lie and force people into things if you have trust. I was talking to a, a former military guy the other day, and he was talking about, we were talking about the Patriot missile system, and he was over in the Middle East with the Patriot missile system. He said, and when uh, Saddam Hussein was first launching the Scuds, those things were so unreliable, but you never knew. And he said he was launching these missiles and every time we'd have to break, every time we'd have to shelter, we'd have to, we, we, we uh, uh, kind of held our breath for a certain number of minutes. He said, but then the Patriot missiles uh, were introduced and he said they shot them down over and over again. And he said, we had trust. The alarms would go off and nobody had to say, stay in your place. Nobody had to say that the trust was there because the Patriot missile system worked. You didn't have to tell soldiers to stand in your place. They trusted it. And the only way that happened is we trusted the industry that built it, the people that maintained it, the people that were operating it. There were checks all along the way. So we knew that system was going to be reliable. Baghdad, they knew they that those things weren't reliable because you were either taking graft, you were you were dirty, you didn't care. Whatever the reason was, they knew that those missiles were not dependable. They had no trust on that. What are we doing right now? We have no trust in anyone. And it's really dangerous. You cannot rebuild a society if you don't trust people. More of us have to live worthy of somebody else's trust. It's not just the people in Washington. It's us, too. And we also have to cut people some slack when they are on our side. Where is the Reagan uh, rule that give me 80 percent? And I'm not even talking about policies. Just can you give me the the 10 amendments to the Constitution? I'd like you to give me all of them, but 
the first 10, if we, you know, the rest, everything else in the Constitution, I think is, with few exception, is just a reiteration of, okay, dummy, this is what we meant. When we said all men are created equal, when, when, you, have, when you have rights, we mean black people too. Oh, we mean women too. It's just a reiteration of the 10. That's all I look for. It's all I, I, you can disagree with me on policies. You can disagree with me on direction, you know, on policies. But as long as we're aligned on the Constitution is sacred and we don't violate those rights, the ends don't justify the me. I am in with you. I'll stand by you 100 100 percent. What are we doing? We have got to restore trust. We don't, you know, the, the, no one can look to us in Washington, D.C. The Republicans can't look to us as conservatives and say, I'm going to fight for that because I actually believe that. <laughs> Do you really? I can count on one hand the number of people I trust in Washington to actually do that. The rest of them, no idea. They violated our trust so many times. When it comes to the Democrats, they they state themselves they're progressives one law that restricts you just a little bit leads to the next law that restricts you just a little bit more to the next law that restricts you just a little bit more and then it's gone and they talk about guns are the problem people are the problem if people were driving on sidewalks and mowing people down, we wouldn't be talking about the evil automobile. We'd be talking about what the hell has happened to people where they just think it's okay to mow people down by driving on the sidewalk. Why aren't we having that conversation? That's the conversation we need to have. What the hell happened to this society where there were more guns in our society per you know, per population, um, percentage wise, more guns 50 years ago, definitely 100 years ago, everybody had a gun. Why weren't people killing each other? It wasn't technology. There's something rotten in the soul of America that we have lost. And that's not going to be found through legislation. And that's why they don't want to talk about it, because this is all about control and power. And if you think you have a problem right now with a government who's dancing around, well, I don't know, they might be extremists. We might have to. If you think that that's going to get better, if you think your speech is going to be allowed when they start taking away your rights to guns, to ammunition, to defend yourself not even against the government, which is what the Second Amendment is for, but defend yourself from an influx of people we have no idea who they are. If you bring in two million people, are you safe in Texas? Are you safe in these border towns? I want a right to defend myself. We have more on this tonight. You don't want to miss it. Coming up in uh, just a second. 
Let me tell you a little bit about uh, real estate agents. I trust.com. We got a great letter in uh, from real estate. Can you scroll to the top of that for me? Um, this came in uh, and I got it just last night. Finally closed on my house in Virginia Beach. Extremely happy with Mark Spear. He's the real estate agent that we recommended. The house market is very competitive here. There were so many uh, buyers bidding on the same house. It was unbelievable. Sometimes 24 offers on the same day. Uh, all of the good houses are selling the day they're listed uh, for many more times than they were asking for. I couldn't even get an appointment because all of the real estates were so booked up, real estate agents. Fortunately, Mark was able to help me. He was always available. When I found something I liked, he was able to guide me, pointing out possible structural problems, et cetera, et cetera. Finally, they've closed on their house now in Virginia. And uh, this is Sherry that wrote in. She said, uh, the best thing is Mark helped in so many ways, both big and small, uh, has such a great sense of humor, wonderful personality. He's really become more of a, a friend than just my real estate agent. Thank you for your refer- your referral. Sherry, thank you for writing. This is what we want to hear. We, we work hard to make sure those real estate agents are the right ones that will shepherd you all the way realestateagentsitrust.com it's a free service to you find the right one realestateagentsitrust.com 10 second station id is this going to pass you know with the filibuster they did this after sandy hook and I think they had 52 votes in the Senate. Uh, and they needed 60 for, because of the filibuster. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they get 55. They're not going to get 60. If you remember, though, Joe Manchin uh, fired a gun at the climate bill when oh, he was running gosh, in a yeah. campaign commercial. So this guy cares about guns, cares about your freedom. He will protect you. He will be there for you no matter what. Right. Uh-huh. Well, let's hope. <laughs> this is right. the Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you, everything is bigger in Texas. Uh, and uh, right now, there is something really huge uh, that you can get. I <laughs> this thing out. It is a gold bar. Uh, this is from uh, the 1860s. It was sitting in the bottom of the ocean uh, off of, uh, I think it was North Carolina for a long time. Uh, and it's available now. If if this is what you if you're looking to invest a lot of money, you can buy this. Uh, it is marked on the bar worth two thousand six hundred and forty one dollars and ninety six cents. But that's what it was worth back then. Now, this same gold, not because it's old and special, the same gold is worth three hundred thousand dollars. And uh, that's a pretty good safe place to put your money, especially with this, because it's a historic item as well. Oh, gosh, you can't take that from the United States. That's a that's a historic item. I own gold line. Call them today. You don't have to buy the big, you know, <laughs> gold. They are available, but you don't have to buy this uh, historic item. You just need to do what you need to do to protect your family. They've got a plan for you. Call them 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE. And go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Brand new Glenn show tonight. Uh, the code is control for 20% off at Blaze TV. Yesterday, we had Governor Christy Nome on, and uh, 
many in the audience didn't like that um, because I, I listened to her and I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. We will know if this website was just a sham or not eventually. Um, and in the meantime, there's not any bad legislation uh, or sorry, any bad litigation uh, that uh, starts to uh, accrue in the in the wrong direction. Uh, I wanted to get uh, crew on from Red State. He's a contributor to Red State, and he wrote why South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem is right and her critics are wrong on the girls. Uh, welcome. Crew, are you there? Morning. Hey. Yeah, good morning, bud. How are you, man? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. You nice bet. Nice to meet you online, so to speak. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you're probably not popular because I'm not popular right now. For for defending uh, Governor Kristi Noem, but I think we're right. <laughs> yeah, it, it it really comes down to, uh, you know, do, do you want to have the issue addressed in a way that, you know, potentially advances your goal, which is to have legislation that will stand and can be effective, or are you just spoiling for a fight? And I think, unfortunately, you know, on this particular issue, um, a lot of, you know, uh, conservatives are just spoiling for a fight. And they thought, well, I, you know, this was the place to have it. Do you and, think that and what I would just say is go ahead. go ahead? No, no, go ahead. Well, what I, what I would just say is, you know, there was a fight. Everybody missed it because it happened right at the beginning of COVID. But the fight happened in Idaho. Idaho passed a similar bill was signed by the governor against the advice of five former Idaho attorney generals mm. signed by the governor, the ACLU was standing by at the doorsteps of the courthouse with a complaint, went straight into federal court before a Trump appointed judge and an injunction was issued prohibiting the state from enforcing the statute. And, and so I don't know why people think something different was going to happen here. And, and that was my first reaction. And then when I actually read the South Dakota statute that was, that's proposed, I mean, it's only four pages long. It's not terribly complicated. You know, this trial lawyer who's has spent, you know, 30 years, you know, going through and breaking down statutes and figuring out how they are to be applied and how they can be, uh, you know, attacked. It's just, it's a, it's a train wreck. It's a, it's a mess. So, so tell me why, because that's what most people are missing. They're like, uh, why, why should, would she do this? Why wouldn't she roll the dice? Tell me where, where this could be taken apart easily. Okay. The first line of attack that's always going to happen in a case like, in a situation like this, the ACLU is going to make an equal protection claim. They're going to claim that one segment of society is unfairly treated and unfairly discriminated against as, com as compared to the rest of society. Well, the first mistake here in the legislation is it only applies to transgender girls, boys who want to play as girls. It doesn't apply to girls who want to play as boys. So that, the first argument that's going to be made is, well, it's not really attacking transgenderism because it doesn't care about girls who want to play as boys. Mm. It's only attacking one aspect of transgenderism. So, so that's the first problem. And that, that was also true in Idaho. And the judge in, in Idaho who issued the injunction pointed that out. That was right. It's an eight. The, the judge in Idaho issued an 87 page written opinion on the subject. Um, 
so so that that's the first problem. Second one is, as a general matter, when you're trying to advance, what you have to establish and an equal protection claim is that there is a compelling governmental interest in what your statute does. So you have the statute has to be drifted in such a way that it advances an interest as opposed to bans or prohibits some conduct. Um, it's like you know two sides of the same coin, but they go in opposite directions. So that's why drafting of the statute is so important to get it drafted correctly so that the language advances a clear governmental interest. And, you know, I'm not going to pretend to, on the you know, radio here today, explain exactly how it should be drafted, but I think that's one of Governor Nome's problems. You know, as she said, in talking to legal scholars, I think there's problems with the language. Mm-hmm. As a practical matter, as a practical matter, the language creates a host of practical application problems that a court's going to look at and say, this doesn't work. You know, it, it, it doesn't functionally work because it, I, I wrote about this in my red piece story. And it, it got a lot of comments and a lot of attention. The problem is that the statute requires that a parent of, of whatever child, any minor, has to sign a form that lists the child's age, sex according to their birth certificate, and the fact that they have not taken any performance-enhancing drugs, including anabolic steroids, in the past 12 months. Mm-hmm. But then it goes on to say, if the sponsoring entity, which would be the school or the school district, um, has reasonable cause to believe that any information is false or misleading, it can, it may, it may, it's permissive, it doesn't say it has to, it says it may you know, withdraw the student from participation in athletics for the balance of the year. Okay, so what kind of information would be triggering? What kind of documentation or material would trigger a reasonable cause to believe? Who makes that decision? Does the student who's withdrawn have a mechanism to attack the decision or to show that the decision is factually incorrect? Yeah, there's there's no avenue provided for the student, transgender or otherwise. Let's just say that is you know that's an example I gave. You saw in the story you've read it is you know the mother in Pennsylvania who was just arrested and prosecuted for creating deep fake videos of her cheerleader daughter's rivals in mm-hmm. an effort to get them thrown off the cheerleading team. Well, if you've seen some of these deep fake videos, you've seen how effective. This new be, technology yeah. is it's right. superimposing faces on video, on moving bodies, and making it very difficult to distinguish. Uh, you know, you can only begin to imagine what a, a disturbed, no question about it, you know, uh, parent in an effort to advance the interests of their own children might do Jeez. in order to get some particular student disqualified from a high school and the, event. And the problem with that is there's no recourse at least outlined Correct. in this right okay correct it's all it's all left unaddressed it says and it, and it doesn't say the school must do it it says the school may do it they might or they might not so i i only i only have a couple of uh, a couple of minutes left can you go into uh, section four a little bit um i don't have okay the the if a student is deprived of an athletic opportunity or if a student's oh, yeah yeah okay it's it's called a private cause of action. It basically, and not every statute has this. You know, there's lots of statutes that define 
rights of individuals that don't give the individual the right to sue. But it's called a private cause of action and says if a third party, in this case, well, it's actually it's if the sponsoring entity, the school district, um, violates a student's uh, right by virtue of somebody violating the statute. In other words, a, a, a transgender student is allowed to play. Then any student whose rights, any it should be any female student whose rights to participate on an all-girls team are violated can sue the school district. So he created a, a system where plaintiff's lawyers can sue school districts throughout South Dakota on behalf of disappointed little girls who things don't go their way, whether factually accurate or not. So it just it opens the courthouse door. And, and, and what I learned in doing a little bit of research is that schools in South Dakota are funded by state revenue in part, also in, by local revenues, but in part by state revenue. And so the question I simply asked was, the state legislature has leverage through funding. Why not just enforce the statute themselves through putting leverage on school districts rather than open the courthouse door to lawyers to come in and sue school districts? They're just creating a, a, you know, a, a litigation trap for the school districts, which only costs them money in the end. So what do you think about um, her saying, I'll sign parts of this? If, you know, you, you change it, I'll sign parts of this that protect uh, the high schools, but I am not going to engage with the uh, NCAA. Well, that is really, I think that's kind of a separate question. You know, the NCAA has already shown itself willing to punish states that pass uh, uh, statutes that, that the NCAA believes discriminate against transgender athletes. In fact, it, 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 it would do seven championship events from North Carolina um, in 2017 over the North Carolina bathroom bill, you know, prohibiting, you know, uh, right. uh, allowing trans people to select the bathroom according to their gender identification. Um, uh, and that had nothing to do with athletics, but it withdrew championship events and, 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 and scheduled them for other locations outside the state of North Carolina. South Dakota does a lot of participation in NCAA events in South Dakota, especially at the Division Two level. Not so much Division One. the schools aren't that big. But at the Division Two level, South Dakota basketball, South Dakota football, they are often in the mix for national championships. And a lot of those contests are played at the location of the schools, unlike Division One, where they're often you know, at neutral sites. Right. So if this statute passed, and when Idaho passed their statute last year, in, in the spring of 2000, uh, the NCAA March Madness Regional was set to take place in Boise. And the NCAA started making noise about relocating that regional on very short term, on, on, on short term notice. But COVID ended up canceling the tournament, so it didn't it didn't have to happen. Um, and now that statute has been you know uh, subject to an injunction, so it's not being enforced. But I, I'm I'm certain the NCAA would have done the same thing here to South Dakota. They would have removed whatever events well, are scheduled to take place in South Dakota. Uh, Crew, this is one of the things that I think people say, well, why, you know, you're selling out because you're going to lose business. It's deeper than this. It is. It's not just the NCAA. It is the coalition. I mean, it's the exact thing that Christy Nome is trying to do. As far as I understand it is get a coalition of states. So you have there's power in numbers. The NCAA will have all of these groups and all of these other entities that will side with them and punish the state. So it's not just the NCAA. 
That, that's correct. And there's no question about it. You know, corporate America has, you know, developed a, a, a yeah. bad case of wokeism. Right. Um, and corporate America. But, you know, there's approach to the NCAA that I, I, I set forth in a VIP article on Red State. So, you know, unfortunately, it's for members only. I might unlock it just to allow more people to read it. Um, imagine if this wasn't South Dakota that was going to, you know, confront the NCAA on this. Imagine if it was the University of Texas mm-hmm. or the University of Alabama or Ohio State. Right. Imagine if one of those red states with legislatures and governors who were conservative Republicans passed this kind of statute. And then the University of Texas said to the NCAA, you know what? We'll organize our own association Correct. and we'll conduct a football championship that involves Texas and Alabama and yep. Mississippi and Florida and Georgia and Tennessee and Ohio State and Nebraska. All of these are red states. The NCAA, you know, that's that's attacking the NCAA in their wallet rather yep. than letting the NCAA attack a small state like yep. South Dakota in their wallet. Much smarter approach. Thank you so much, crew. I appreciate it. You can find his work at redstate.com, uh, redstate.com. We will continue to follow this and see if Christy Nome actually is just doing a PR campaign, which I don't think she is, or if she actually follows through and they start to put that coalition together. Uh, back in just a second. Let me tell you about my Patriot Supply. Right now, you can save $50 off a four-week supply when you go to preparewithglenn.com. I didn't get to uh, some of the inflation stuff I wanted to talk to you about. The the stuff that is happening with the printing of money right now is really disturbing. If you look at the charts and you you know what you're looking at, it's very disturbing. Uh, When people start to spend money, uh, we could be toast fast all of these things that are going on in the government but you could also have a catastrophe with a hurricane or a tornado or whatever is happening where you can't get the food you need for your family do not put yourself and your family into a situation where you have to wait for fema or the government to be able to eat right now you can save 50 dollars off a four-week supply when you go to preparewithglenn.com it's a month's worth of breakfast lunch and dinners averaging 2,000 calories per day plus the peace of mind that comes with the my patriot supply name order before 3 p.m today and it will ship out today discreetly to your door don't wait do this now preparewithglenn.com preparewithglenn.com This is the Glenn Beck program. Um, I had a, a really critically important show that we have worked weeks on uh, for tonight's Wednesday night special. Uh, we're postponing it because I think there is something that is more urgent that you need to know. And what I was going to show you tonight was really urgent. This is happening right now, and you need to know how to fight it. You need to know the facts, and that is gun control. Uh, they are, I believe we're going to have our first stab at getting rid of the filibuster. God forbid it happens. Um, this is the beginning of the end for, for gun control. Uh, and if, if God forbid, if this guy would have been a white supremacist or just even a Trump supporter, all of us would have been in so much trouble because they would have used that for everything 
And, and just like any other group, eventually we're going to see something. Yeah, we're going to. Where they're going to be able it's to make to. this tie easier right. and ignore all the past attacks. Right. And so it, it is coming and we have to be prepared and you have to prepare in your local town uh, at the state level tonight. You don't want to miss Control. It's our Wednesday night special. Right now, if you use the promo code Control, you'll get 20 bucks off your subscription at blazetv.com. Please don't miss this special tonight. Uh, if you care about the Second Amendment, you got to pay attention. We're going to equip you with as much information and to-do things as possible. Tonight, 9 p.m., blazetv.com slash Glenn, promo code control. It's the Glenn Beck Program.